Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. That goes for everybody else too. Good evening. I know it took a survey and said it was good afternoon. That was just a survey. I didn't say I would accept the results. I'm going with good evening. I'm excited. We are finishing off our excited to see your faces. Uh, excited that you're here. Uh, excited that we're going to be looking into the Word of God because if there is a blueprint for our life, more and more as each year goes by, I understand it is this. Uh, if there is anything that understands our hearts, understands our soul, understands our spirit, understands who we are, that we want to look to our author, our creator, we want to look to the book that he gave us because this is how we work. I'm sort of amazed every now and then I read something in the Old Testament and I go, people from six or seven or ten thousand years ago still think this had the same problems I did. You know, humans don't change. And this is a, this is our blueprint. You do well to have this at the centre of your life. And I'm particularly excited because we're finishing off, well I'm not excited because we're finishing it off. I'm excited at these three chapters in the middle of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61, we're going to do a quick recap of those, and then we're going to finish off with Isaiah 62, because there's a little final piece of the puzzle that we're going to see in Isaiah 62. And I like these chapters in the middle, because if we're after a mission statement, these three chapters give it to us. In some broad terms, but also something specific, because they speak of the church. And we are the church. We live in the church age. We live in the era of the church. We live between Jesus going, he ascended into heaven. He's going to come back, he's going to return. We live between the going of Jesus and the coming of Jesus. And in between, Jesus says, I will build my church. That's us. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the church is being built, the church is advancing, and it's going to take down the powers of darkness. Totally, in the end. What we see of the powers of darkness, what we see of hell, what we see of sin and its effect uh, in our community, we don't have to go, we see it. We know that the church is the answer, that's God's strategy. That's you, that's me, that's us together, that's us apart. We don't stop being the church just because we're not here on a Sunday. But we do come here on a Sunday, we celebrate who God is, and it's so good to be corporately praising and worshipping and looking in to God's Word, getting supercharged. So let's look at Isaiah 60. This is our mission statement. Arise and shine, for your light has come, speaking of Jesus, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. That's you, that's the church. The glory of God rises upon the church. The glory of God rises upon you as an individual. All of us as individuals come together. Together we make the church. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Do not sell yourself short. Do not sell the people around you short. Because God's glory upon you is God's solution to the woes of this world. That's his strategy. And if we didn't get it in Isaiah 61, God tries again in Isaiah 60, sorry, God tries again in Isaiah 61. In Isaiah 60, he tells us, my glory is upon you. In Isaiah 61, he says, my Holy Spirit is upon you. It's the same message, just in a different... Isaiah 61, 
The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Of the church. Because the Lord has anointed me, the church, each one of us, to do what? To proclaim good news to the poor. The world needs good news. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There are brokenhearted people in the world who need binding up, healing. And God has given the world us to do that. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, the release from darkness for the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. We are living in the year of the Lord's favour upon us. Is that exciting? Yes. I don't need you to confirm it. I am got enough enthusiasm on my own. <laughs> and if we read down through the Bible, further down through Isaiah 61, why else are we here? To comfort mourners. There are people in ashes and grieving, and we bestow upon them a spirit of beauty. There are people with a spirit of despair upon them. And in the church, they will find people with a spirit of joy and praise, which lifts people up and encourages and strengthens. The church is God's greatest endeavour on the planet at the moment, and what a privilege it is to be a part of that. We don't have to die wondering why we're here. We are here to build the church, make the church stronger, and then through us, people are healed, people are strengthened, people are set free. So these verses are prophetic, prophetic of God's intention for his glory to break through onto the earth and into the lives of people. For his love, his grace, his holiness, for his healing, for his power to be manifested in the daily lives of people, beginning with us, then overflowing from us to those who don't know the Lord. This is what Jesus prays. He puts it so simply. He says, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just as it is in heaven, Lord, so let it be on earth. And God puts the church, that's this, that's us, whether we're together or apart. He puts the church at the centre of those plans. If we read through Isaiah 60, 61 and 62, we see our mission statement. Have you ever said to God, God, just tell me what to do and I'll do it? Has anyone ever said that? Anyone ever prayed that? And God goes... Did you read Isaiah 60? Did you read Isaiah 61? Did you read Isaiah 62? There's the overview. You flesh that out and see what that means for you. So, let's have a quick flat, a quick uh, recap of 60 and uh, 61. And the upshot, the upshot of these chapters is that as God's heaven, as heaven breaks through, as his glory breaks through onto the earth, through us and then through the church, people are saved. Read the final verses of those three chapters. It says the earth will give up its riches. And the richest thing, the richest, the richest riches that the earth has are people. And God promises that as the church fulfills its purpose, as the church fulfills its destiny, as people understand and start to walk in that truth, that my glory is upon them, that my Holy Spirit is in them, that Jesus comes with every spiritual blessing that has been given to you, then the, then, then the people will come. In the end, the earth will give up its riches. What is that? That's people saved, saved from sin, saved from death, restored and at peace with God. And I would suggest that's why we are here 
to die. There may be some needs here, there are some needs here, I know, because the people. A very close second, if not ahead of that, is that we want God's glory to be upon the earth. And we want people to give His name praise. So before we get to Isaiah 62, are you excited to hear what the final piece of the puzzle is? Alright, well let's recap the puzzles we all, the pieces we already have. So there's four things that God tells us in those first two passages that I read. These are things that God has done. They are definites. They're not up for discussion. Whether you buy into it or not, whether you feel it or not, it is true of you. It is true of the church. Number one, our light has come. Jesus has come. There's no one else coming. Arise and shine for your light has come. We're not waiting for anything else. We're not waiting for anybody else. Jesus has come. There's no room for not yet. There's no room for maybe tomorrow. There's no room for maybe one day. Jesus is here. The only qualification that we have to have to walk in the blessings of Jesus is our surrender to Him, our acknowledgement of Him. It's not a rise and shine because now you've got your prayer life happening. It's not a rise and shine because now you've got the Bible front to back twice. It's not a rise and shine because now you've got enough of the Word of God, you've gone to Bible college. It's a rise and shine because your light has come. Whether we accept that or not, God's glory rises upon us when we are surrendered to Jesus. When we believe that every spiritual blessing we have, or every spiritual blessing is ours. You know, it's God saying, here, have every spiritual blessing. What do you mean, God, every spiritual blessing? You will have every spiritual blessing. Forgiveness, redemption, holiness, righteousness, eternal life. God does not hold anything back. You are fully equipped with everything you need. Arise and shine because your light has come. Every spiritual blessing I have given into your hands. And it's not for you. Well, it is for you to enjoy, but it's for me. The blessings that you have, I want them, please. Can I have them? But even more so for those who don't know the Lord and for those who are estranged from Him. So number one, God has done this. It's definite. Our light has come. Number two, don't argue. This is God telling us. Arise and shine, your light has come, and my glory rises upon you. So whether you feel it or not, God's glory is upon you. And when we go out into the world, into our workplace or into our family, you're going to go, where did that wisdom come from? That's not from me. Where did that sense of love come from? That didn't come from me. Where did that sense of generosity come from? That didn't come from me. I think the more we walk with God, the more natural it becomes. But people are attracted to God's glory upon you. It's interesting when you read through the Gospels and you see how Jesus called the apostles. And often they're not responding because Jesus is God and repent. They're often responding to Peter. Jesus said, put your nets on the other side. He put his nets on the other side and called this massive hall. And he goes, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. He's attracted by the glory of Jesus. Levi, put it all down and come and follow me. Okay, I will. There was something about Jesus, the glory, the Spirit of God upon him that attracted people. And that glory that was upon Jesus is upon you. Number one, our light has come. Number two, his glory rises upon us. If that's not enough, 
Number three, He has anointed us with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. John 20, Jesus says this, Just as the Father sent me, so I send you. And with that, He breathed and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sure it's my life. Receive the Holy Spirit. Just as the Father sent me, so I send you. Peace be with you. Receive now the Holy Spirit and breathe upon him. Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. In fresco, let's take one person as a representative of the congregation. Full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The glory of God is upon her. Her life has come and she is equipped with every spiritual blessing. Alright. Now she's just a random sample. Nothing random about it. That is true of us. And then Jesus says, the word says, your life has come, the glory is upon you, you are anointed, and you wait. As you walk in that blessing, as you walk in that truth, as you walk in that prophetic word, the nations will come. The harvest of people finding peace and salvation in God will be complete. They will come. Jesus says, you are a city on a hill. What do people do to cities on hills? They come to them. That's why when I walk out here, I love it. Because I look down the valley, and I see Meruwa. And I see class to the left. I know behind me, we're on a hill. God says, you do church properly. You walk in these blessings that I've given you. You walk in the authority and people will come. Amen. It doesn't mean we don't go as well. It doesn't mean we just handle that with the cities. But it does say, here's the other side of the coin. People will come. So there's four things God does for us. And there's four things he asks of us. He wants us to believe. What the Word of God says about us is true. The best thing we can do is to start to put that in our heart and put it in our minds. That's why memory verses are so great. I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth that what the Word of God says about me is true. My life has come, God's glory is upon me, I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit, I'm set on a mission and a purpose to be God's glory upon the earth, in your family, in your workplace, wherever you step into the foot. We believe. We then arise. We believe that what the word God, what God says about us is truth. We take a posture. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm the aroma of Christ. I'm a servant of the Most High God. I'm an heir to the kingdom. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. That's God trying to say, hello, how many times can I say this? So we arise, we take God at his word, and we walk in that authority, in that clothing, that apparel that God has given us. And we shine. We believe, we arise, we shine. We engage in good works. Jesus said, let your light shine, people will see your good works and praise God because of them. We do nice things for people, it's not that complicated. Do good things. I like we do beyond. We're generous with our finance. We help people who are in need. We encourage people. We're generous. We do practical help. 
Do people live simply in health? Live suffering. Meals, all these sorts of stuff. Doing good works and shining them just means be nice to people, be kind. Show some kindness. It's powerful. I was listening to a lady the other day, she's just been through a really bad year, traumatic. And she says, the things that I remember are the little kind things that people did for me. You will be known for your acts of kindness. People go, what a loss is God. So kind. Why? What's different? And then they'll find out why. God's glory is upon you. Spirit is working through you. They're attracted to you. And they'll find out, oh, you're a church girl. She said this. She said, God specializes in taking small things and turning them into amazing strategies. So be attentive. Be ready for gestures no matter how small. We arise, we walk, we believe, we arise, we shine with good things that overflow from the blessings that God has given us. Then we get to the final thing in Isaiah 62. Are you ready for the final piece of the puzzle? Yes. Yes. Are you excited by the other ones? Yes. You'll be excited by this one, because this one makes work. I don't have time to go through 62, 1 to 5, but again, it's another indication of how God values the church. He says, it's like a crown in my hand. It's like a bride. It's like a bridegroom. What does a bridegroom think of his bride? Pretty high. That's why we've got to treat, be careful about how we speak of the church, how we treat the church, the people around you. So we come to the final piece of the puzzle. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. For I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. Speaking of the church. They will never be silent day or night. So if you've really enjoyed God's glory upon you, the Holy Spirit in you, let's take up this. You will not be silent day or night because God has called you to be a watchman. You who call on the Lord. Is that you? Yes, please. Give yourselves no rest. So those who answer, give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest. This is God talking through the prophet Isaiah. So God's saying, give me no rest. Give me no rest till I establish Jerusalem and make her the praise of the earth. I have posted watchmen on your walls, church. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest. God, God, God. God, we need you. God, come through. God, we want a miracle. God, we want your glory. We want salvation, Lord. Father, according to your word, Father, we want the earth to give up its riches. Give him no rest till he makes us, the church, the praise of the earth. So in this context, prayer becomes the backbone of our assignment. So the question is, how do we pray? What do we pray? Let me give you some ideas. Number one, I think we pray for the church. This is in between you know, personal prayers and so on, but we pray for the church because these passages are all about the church. Make the church strong. That's our mission. You see what happens. So we pray for the church. What do we pray? Pray Isaiah 60. Lord, I thank you for your church. Father, I pray it will arise. I pray your church will shine. Lord, I pray, thank you that you've given the church every spiritual blessing in Jesus, the light. And I thank you, Lord, that your glory rises upon your church. 
why don't we use the words that God has given us? You know, that's the easy way out. But it's a very powerful way out. Let's fill our mouths with and declare what God has declared. Father, I thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon your church. I thank you, Lord, that your church, the people, abiding the brokenhearted. Lord, that when people come to church, there will be healing. Father, there will be a restoration of sight. Give him no rest. Give him no rest. Call him. Lord, this is what we want. Use scripture in a different way. Pray for leaders. Pray for leaders. Pray for Pastor Jason, Pastor Ed. Pray for us. Pray for Pastor Daniel and um, John Pierce. The leaders. Pray for your life kids leaders. Pray for our worship leaders. Pray for them. What? Strength. Lord, give them physical health. Lord, may they increase in the knowledge of you. Increase in the knowledge of your will, Lord. Bless their family. Pray for them. Get it out. Doesn't matter what you pray. You're lifting up people and you're lifting up the church. You're watchmen. You are watchmen. Look. Ask the Holy Spirit. Who should I pray for? Lord. You can do the general whole church, but you can think about people. Look around you. This is the church. You're going to pray for the church. Let's pray for people. And the Holy Spirit is upon you, so He will lead you. He will tell you tell you what and who to pray for. So you're there at night and go, Lord, who, I, who should I pray for? Who should I pray for? Shade, our worship leader. I believe that you've seen things in the Spirit, haven't you, about worship in this church and in this place, and you're going to see it in front of you. So keep believing. It's coming. Why am I saying that? Because you were on my heart this week. So I'm going, uh, Shade. Okay. Let's pray for the worship team. Mitch, where's Mitch? Starting a new business. I believe it's going to expand. I believe it's going to increase. And I see a really fruitful tree. And you're just in the trunk bin. It's not a root, you're in the trunk bin. And pretty soon you're going to see it go like that. And I don't think it's just your business, I think it's your life. I see great fruitfulness coming upon you. So you're watching, you're seeing. Listen to conversations. How did I know Mitch was doing that? Because I heard a conversation out there. Then it comes back to me. There's many, many examples. Keep your ears up. Keep your eyes up. When Nehemiah rebuilt Jerusalem, he did three things. He had a sword, the word of God. He built, he did things. There are rosters. He built the church on rosters, I'm sure. We've got spaces on rosters. You can build the church. And then he had watchmen. They watched. They saw. And so we see what's happening and we pray for it. That can be for our church, it can also be for our state, for our nation. What is God wanting you to do and pray for? God, I want to pray for this. God, I want you to pray for this. Be confident. It's not just random, it's not just a random thought. You've committed yourself to the ways of God and He will bless you. We come to the last one. Thanksgiving and praise. Arise, believe, arise, shine, pray. Do nice things, pray, and now praise and worship. Verse 10 says this, Pass through, pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, and raise a banner for the nations. For the Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. God wants us to position ourselves as worshippers 
and praise. People who praise, worship, and give thanks. That's why this gathering is so great. That's why it's so important. And that's why when we are doing praise and worship, God, we're not just singing songs. We've actually got our sword in our hand and we are doing spiritual warfare. God tells us that. When we go through the gates, thanksgiving, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Then we are preparing the way and he says you are lifting up a banner. So we have an evangelist's call to go through the gates. God says, when you lift me up with thanksgiving and praise, I will remove stones. When you go through the gate, you clear the way for the people. God's using us as spiritual bulldozers to build a highway for the Lord so that there is an easy place of access for those who are still in place of darkness. So we're just worshipping and praising, thinking we're singing songs, not realising that we are removing lies, darkness, deception, obstacles in this neighbourhood and we're removing strongholds. The weapons are mighty to pull down strongholds. Not sure what strongholds are out here. Doesn't matter. Light shines in the darkness. God's glory rises upon us. We know the story of Elisha. He comes out with his servant and his servant freaks out because they're surrounded by an army. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. He opens his eyes. And around the army is the army of God surrounding the army surrounding them. We know there's a song about that. That's what we do when we engage. So I know sometimes with praise and worship we're thinking about pizza or something. No, let's set our foot. Because we have a responsibility. We establish a righteous spiritual climate. And whatever happens here spills out into the community. There's a great description of the church in Ezekiel. It says there's a temple, and out of the temple flows some water, and it goes and becomes a river that brings life wherever it goes. But it begins in the temple. And so our praise and our worship sets the spiritual agenda and atmosphere in this place. So a year before, people might not have come to the Lord, but we've moved in. Praise and worship will clear the airways. We build a highway. Being a true worshipper is a really powerful evangelistic tool. Amen. Then it says we raise a banner. Good shot with this. This is the last place. Do you want to come do your magic? Use the word magic in church, that's wrong. Use your gift. A banner, it speaks of ownership. That's another reason I like being on this hill. I didn't really realise we were going to be on the hill. But when we praise and worship, we raise a banner. That's not me, that's scriptural. Raise a banner for the nations. Raise a banner for those who are in darkness. Raise a banner for those who need healing. Raise a banner for those who need a miracle. There are people out there in darkness, gross darkness, thick darkness covers the people, but the glory of God rises upon us. Praise and worship activates that. And God says we raise a banner. I want this to be a house of miracles. I want this to be a house of salvation. I want this to be a house of God's glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are God's people. 
We deserve to be sought out by the world, like Daniel was sought out by the Babylonians. We are appraised on the earth, set here and planted by God, to be fruitful and abundant. We are graced with a wonderful purpose in life. And I got saved, the overwhelming experience I had was this weight was lifted off my shoulder and it was I know exactly what life is all about. Life is all about knowing God and making Him known. Simplified a bit, that's why. That's why. So we're grace. God has blessed us with this cause to release His glory upon the earth and over the people. And we do it. Someone said to me last week, that's, that's going to be hard, that's a lot of work. I said, no, it's not. Because God does all the work. We surrender. We just believe that what God has said is true and will come to pass. So we want to arise. We want to shine. We want to believe that the Holy Spirit is empowering us. We want to pray. And we want to praise and worship. Which of those has hit you? It's been hard to do all of those at once, but maybe we can. Wake up this morning. Arise and shine. For my light has come. And God, your glory rises upon me. I know some of you will go, arise and shine. Some of you will wake up like I do. My bunny out of bed. So let's pray. Cole's going to come in a minute and Pete's going to come and share the I want to pray first of all, if you need a miracle in your life. Maybe it's physical healing. It's a relationship restored. It's provision in some way, shape, or form. But we now pray, Lord God, you are a miracle-working God, and we declare this is a house of miracles, Lord. So I pray healing, I pray restoration, I pray prosperity, and I pray provision. Move, we pray, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for the glory of the name of Jesus. And right now, this is appropriate for you. Shake off the old and bring on the new. I thank you, Lord God. I take step forward and I take up my posture. I arise. Father, I look for your leading that I might shine. Father, I thank you that I move in the anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you will lead me in prayer. You will inspire me with praise and worship. I thank you for your church, Lord. Like you, Lord, I extend it. I pray blessing upon the Lord and great fruitfulness unto the salvation of many, we pray. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.